I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. Today's segment is going to be a bit different. It was getting back together, old friends working tirelessly in the industry to define and activate corporate purpose. I recently attended the CECP meeting in New York City. That's Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. I've been attending their events for over 20 years, and there was extra excitement this year because we hadn't seen each other for over two years. In today's segment, I'm going to do it a bit differently. I'm going to do some short interviews with representatives from Tata Consultancy Services and BlackBot. I'm also going to have a few fun interviews with individuals asking the question, what did you learn during the pandemic? Or what did you do that was different? One of my colleagues, she ran for mayor for her town in Minnesota and she won. Now she's got two jobs. Another spent more time with his young children, a gift of beautiful time from the pandemic. The meeting also had a lot of information that you can pick up from shared documents uh, from CCP. They have tremendous data from all of their members. And it's an organization that if you're not a member, consider joining CCP for your CEO. They have a wonderful meeting called the Board of Boards, which is an annual half-day session under Chatham House Rules, where CEOs, usually 50 to 60 of organizations from the U.S. and multinational groups, really talk about what's on their mind. CCP also, because it's got a vast membership, has amazing data. Their giving in numbers is always useful for individuals making the case to their senior leadership for increased investment in employee engagement, societal and environmental programs. So let's take a listen. It's a very, very interesting and different podcast. Enjoy. Hello, Carrie Needfelt Thomas. I am the managing director at CECP. And the most interesting thing that I did during the pandemic is I made a decision to run for mayor of New Brighton, Minnesota, and I won. So I am also, my 24-7 job, mayor of the city of New Brighton. That's fantastic. So do you have an agenda? Of course, I do. What's most important on your agenda? A couple things. We have accomplished a lot over the last 16 months. Uh, We have established a new commission for the city called an equity commission. And we also have a number of priorities related to supporting some of our businesses recovery, uh, started a newsletter in the city, and we also are doing an overhaul on our parks that have not had significant investment in the last 30 years. So we have a whole plan that was approved and some funding to make it happen. And what's the population of the city? 23,000 people. Well, they are very fortunate to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Congratulations on your 24-7 job. (laughs) Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Balaji Ganapati, Chief Social Responsibility Officer for TCS. And the last two years, uh, my best experience has been the, the opportunity to spend time with my kids. Uh, I had my second kid, my son, uh, in 2019, just before the pandemic. And they say that the first five years in a child's life is the most important one. And it's a blessing in disguise to be at home and uh, participate in that and, um, you know, become a child again and uh, interact with the kids and uh, really be part of their upbringing. So couldn't be happier for that. Nandika Madgavkar, Senior Director, Strategy and Growth at Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. And I think for me, the most exciting in some ways um, over the last two years during COVID has been uh, a puppy. So we had a, a, a beagle who lived for 17 years and he was like, you know, your third child. I have two already. And then he passed away and I was like, okay, fine. The kids are grown up. Now I can travel. I don't need responsibility. And then we went and got a COVID puppy. And she's a little cavapoo called Ellie, who is two years old. And she is the love of my life. So I have just loved being with her. And she's like unconditional love. She's there when you're happy. She's there when you're sad. And it's just wonderful. So that was my COVID experience. here with Balaji Ganapati. And Balaji, it's great to see you again. Finally, we've been apart for a couple of years. So can you, uh, for our listeners, can you describe your role at TCS, Kata Consultancy Services, how it's growing? So let's start there. Oh, thanks, Carol. It's such a pleasure to see you in, in person. It's so wonderful to be able to hug and ha- experience the joy of being together. So this last two years has been um, really pivotal for TCS. Uh, we have launched our new purpose brand, TCS Empowers. We have a company-wide purpose statement that was launched last year, Building on Belief. And uh, uh, we have rolled out a strategy that is creating a purpose ecosystem that brings all of our stakeholders along to support those in need. So I'm very excited about the direction of where that's headed. Um, so looking forward to that. Great. And, and you said to me that you've added almost 200,000 people in the last couple of years. And so how do you bring them along to TCS's purpose? I think it's a constant journey of uh, uh, love and uh, I think work, hard work. Um, so first of all, understanding what are the messages that you want to communicate what are the behaviors in the organization that demonstrate that you are authentic in what you're communicating? And then the systems and the processes that support bringing that to life for every person who is coming into the organization. The Doing that in a virtual mode in the last two years has been challenging on the one hand, but at the same time given more opportunities for us. For example, we were able to grow the number of employees who volunteer for our strategic programs to about 30,000 last year 
um, out of about 70,000-80,000 who volunteered overall. So we're getting more people putting their hand up and saying that what are the problems that only I as an individual am best suited to solve. And so today we are able to gravitate people to find their purpose Mm -hmm. while at the same time address societal needs. Uh, say, for example, um, digital skills for minority students in K-12 middle schools, right? Um, they can't be what they can't see. And when they're looking for role models and mentors who can help them, here comes uh, IT professional from TCS uh, sharing with them the kind of uh, career opportunities that exist in the industry mm-hmm. and across industries. So that's the journey that we are on. But I think it's it's going to be a long effort. Because attention span of people, the fatigue of having so many meetings and uh, orientations and opportunities that are virtual. So in within all of that, appealing to the, their conscience and their interest in the right way is what we are working to learn more and do better at. That's great. And so how did you um, share volunteerism virtually to 30,000 employees during COVID? So in the initial days of COVID, we pivoted our model to be more hybrid and virtual. And thankfully, a lot of the design elements of the programs that we had had accessibility as a basis to it. So we were able to deliver without loss of fidelity programs in a virtual mode. And that helped us really set up opportunities when people are looking for how, what can I do to give back? Right. What can I do, uh, especially with the human crisis of the nature of uh, COVID? Everybody wanted to find a release, a way to feel more human, a way to help others and serve. And we were able to uh, pivot and provide them those opportunities. But we diversified those opportunities, too, and clearly clarified what is the role that you as an individual employee, a volunteer is playing towards the solution. So if uh, helping empower marginalized youth is the problem that we are trying to tackle, as an employee, what can you do? Right. Are you an expert giving them skills? Are you a mentor coaching them on how to approach work? Um, are you a role model showing them a path for how they can progress in their career? Are you just a confidant who is there for them to, to help them deal with their mental stress? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the roles that you are playing? Are you a convener who's bringing others in the local community from our organization to join together to you know, address efforts? So we have different hierarchy of what volunteers can do from uh, being a volunteer to a CSR lead to, um, you know, being a CSR champion, to a civic leader. We have a nine-month virtual program that we have put together for our volunteers so that they can develop civic leadership skills. So all of this came together um, during the pandemic to really shift and strengthen uh, the virtual volunteerism efforts that are going on. So the pandemic actually was a gift in that way for your volunteerism. It sounds like also that you got deeper into understanding the personal purpose and then connecting it to company purpose. So did you add any new um, programs or methods to help employees understand their personal purpose? And does it happen in, I know, the first few months of onboarding, you have a very special onboarding. So you might want to talk about the onboarding. Did it change during the pandemic? And then how did you identify personal purpose? Um, So first things first, in terms of how we present opportunities to employees who are new, 
certainly um, the onboarding process helped a lot especially for newer employees who are coming through campuses so about 40 to 50000 employees a year come from colleges and schools around the world so to them more often than not their first project is a social purpose project right so we were able to translate that quickly in a virtual mode but for those who are experienced professionals who have more skills and more experience to offer we had to go back to the drawing board in the kind of opportunities that we could create so what we used is the same design thinking process that we apply from the business side okay. so we went through a journey mapping exercise we identified personas of whom we are serving so uh, i mean everybody is intersectional right so if you are trying to serve somebody in a inner city neighborhood in chelsea in uh, manhattan um, their needs may be very different from uh, rural arkansas right so we developed personas and said that these are the kind of personas that we want to serve and identified what could employees do in that journey of uh, um, you know success that uh, these uh, uh, young people go through and then what we did is uh, we mapped uh, the skill sets okay and background of people to say that we are going to be more targeted if i have 600000 people in the company i don't need to go after everybody for everything can i be more targeted can i do better work as a csr team so we used a lot of reporting and data and analytics to mine and understand who had similar backgrounds who went to colleges of that nature who had shown interests um and that's where we are starting to do more of um narrowly more focused uh matching of people's personal purpose to the kind of uh, service that they can do in the community So what happens if you're not TCS and you don't have this massive amount of technology? Do you have any recommendations for leaders such as yourself, perhaps smaller teams, how they can identify the personal purpose of an individual and then match it with actions? I think two steps. One is to understand that your strengths as an organization is often reflected in the strength of your employees. So having a, a strategic focus areas identified based on the strengths of your company is the starting point because that will help you narrow down the areas of interest that you can offer to employees while at the same time being authentic to what they can do. The second is to listen and learn from employees and make sure that your process is, you know, your tent is wide enough so that you can incorporate what they are sharing. And I think the combination of the two is a good starting point. And then, uh, you know, you go through this a few times, you, you'll get better at it. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a large organization, a small firm, or even 100 people in a company. Um, that's a good place to start. Thank you. That's terrific. And so how do you feel about now getting back together with your colleagues after over two years being separate? It has been so rewarding. I think, uh, you know, I, I went on a two-week trip to India to meet uh, my team after two years. And, you know, I, I was surviving on endorphins the whole trip. There was no jet lag, nothing. Because the kind of, you know, the feelings that you get in uh, the human emotions to be in person and connect with people definitely is there. And, you know, earlier in the year, one of the trends that I wrote about is the deluge or a tsunami of kindness that is going to be unfolded in society. And that's, I think, starting to unfold now. People are coming back to their workplaces or in wherever they live and work, they are asking, what can my company do to connect me to my purpose? So I think CSR professionals especially have a great opportunity to use the pent-up demand and the capacity 
to channel it towards worthy causes that are aligned to their strategy while serving local needs so i think it's a great time to be so a tsunami of kindness so, so, so thank you, Balaji. It's always, you know, Balaji, he also crafted the term purpose is a new technology, which I have used a lot in my presentations. And so for our listeners, can you explain why you coined that term? Every company in the last decade wanted to be a tech company because that is the best way for them to position themselves in front of their consumers and how they organize their business internally. Today, every company wants to be a purpose-driven company. So that's why I say purpose is the new tech because whether it is boards, whether it's investors, executives, employees, uh, they have realized the true power of unlocking prosperity for companies lies in being true and authentic to their purpose. So companies that do really well in this space, not just purpose washing, but really re-examining what is their fundamental purpose for existence, I think will be the leaders in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Others will not exist 20, 30, 40 years from now. Terrific. A tsunami of kindness and purpose is a new technology. Balaji Ganapate, it's always wonderful to have you on the show. And for our listeners, we're going to have him come back in the fall because he's got a big announcement to make. So thank you. Thank you so much, Carol. Such a pleasure. Purpose is the new technology. I just love that statement, Balaji. It is such a gift to all of us to truly encapsulate what is happening in terms of the embracing of purpose as business and social strategy for uh, corporations, uh, brands, and not-for-profits. So thanks so much. We're now going to turn to another technology company, and that is BlackBot. And BlackBot is a cloud computing provider that serves the social good community from not-for-profits and foundations to educational institutions, healthcare organizations, and more. Their products focus on fundraising, website management, uh, CRM, analytics, financial management. They just are just a terrific, terrific partner um, to really accelerate the social good world. With us is Rachel Hutchinson. She's the vice president of Global Social Responsibility. So let's listen. I'm Rachel Hutchison. I lead Global Social Responsibility with BlackBot, and I have had such a fun time at CCP today because it is so great to be in community with all these people again, to see you, and to see all these other people who I've just missed terribly. Even if I got to, you know, see them online or, you know, listen to a session online at a conference, it's just not the same. So I am delighted to be back at CECP in person. And was there something today that really, really touched you in terms of I, telling the speakers? Well, I loved Amber. Um, Amber is Amber Hikes? Hicks? Hikes? Hikes? She was from the ACLU. She was amazing. I mean, every single word that she said about um, mentorship not being enough, you had to we really had to be all in for sponsorship. If you were at the table, it was a responsibility for you to actually really, really help other people. I believe that. Like I proactively adopt people and they don't even know I'm doing it because I see them and I see this wonderful thing in them and, and want them to succeed and do great things. And I want them to 
help us be a better world and get there faster than I did. And it, it gives me a lot of joy to do that. So I loved her opening session. It was great. And, and are young people getting us there faster? I'd like to think so. You know, I have two kids, one who's 22 and 20, one who's 24, and one's all about sustainability and the other one's resettling refugees. So, mm-hmm. like, that generation, and Amber talked about that, you know, that Gen Z, that generation really, really cares. And, you know, the conversations I have at home about sustainability and fast fashion and how much water it takes to grow a single almond, and I mean, all the things that that generation cares about. I can tell you that when I was 22, I was not having those kinds of conversations. So, no. so tell our listeners a little bit about BlackBot, because they may not know. So BlackBot is a technology company. We provide cloud software that... Um, we talk about what we do is powering an ecosystem of goods. So the cloud software is for nonprofits and individuals and foundations and companies. A lot of it has to do with powering philanthropy um, and generosity, but it's also other things as well. So we help social good organizations meet their missions. And my job is to help ensure we show up as an active participant in that ecosystem of good, which is an incredible joy, but also a responsibility. You know, we have all these people who come to us and work with us and like 91% of them say it's important to them that we operate in a socially responsible way and that's such an incredible honor but it's also a responsibility to actually say okay yeah we believe that and we're not just saying that we're doing it we are actually doing it and Shannon Schuyler talked today about being on this journey and how a journey kind of never ends but there are stops on the journey where we have to stop at the station and say, this is where we got so far, and this is what we know so far, and we're going to tell you and be transparent about where we are and what we haven't done yet and what we're doing next, and that's what we've been focusing on and just released our our latest social responsibility report um, last week that helps be transparent and show that. And, and what's your uh, what are the key themes of this uh, report? So the big thing for us this year is we're a mid-sized company. We're a public company, but we're mid-sized. So we don't have anywhere near the same kind of resources that a big company has. But we last year when we did our report, we didn't really have an environmental strategy yet. And we were very open about that. Mm-hmm. So we worked with the Sustainability Roundtable to develop that strategy, to do a materiality assessment, to um, work toward carbon neutrality, which we achieved for 2021. And they helped us you know, do recs and offsets and really understand and do appropriately what we needed to do, but do it for our size and capability. And it's it's a lot of it is like where you focus mm-hmm. right. and and how you show progress in those focus areas. So our commitments are around our people, the climate, um, data protection and privacy, um, and governance, you know, the things that are really important to tech companies. First and foremost with us, it really does start with our people. So lots of lots of focus there. How many people do you have? We have about 3,600. Okay. Yeah, which is so nicely mid-sized. But being a public company and being 100% focused on social good, we don't want to be as good as our peers or better than our peers. We look at the, all of the big greats out there and the wonderful things they're doing in the world, and we want to stack up with them. We feel like we have to. If we don't do it, then yeah. then who does? Yeah. Do you have some companies during uh, COVID that you really admired? Oh, geez, did? there are so many, and 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 lots of nonprofits that I admired. I mean, I have to say that if there's one. There are two groups of organizations that I really admired during COVID, and one were the food banks. I mean, the the massive networks of food banks. And we saw them jumping from, you know, like 13... 
you know, 100% increases in what they were bringing in, but nowhere near the demand they were they were dealing with. I also, because, you know, we didn't just have COVID, we had, you know, racial inequity. And then, oh, by the way, we had Afghanistan, we had and now we have Ukraine. And so I have a lot of respect for people who are resettling refugees who are working and all of this work that is very hard. And is it just going to go away because the pandemic has, has ended? Right. So how do you feel about the, and you're talking about the shift from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism? So is that, um, one, you must be busier in terms of, the, of your clients that you're serving. And um, do you have any stories about uh, a situation that really showed a company really acting in terms of its stakeholders? Oh, geez. You know, there are so many examples that aren't even that revolutionary anymore. I mean, there are, there are lots of consumer brands. There are certain consumer brands I love and, and support because of what they stand for and their products and how they really believe their products. But, but what I've loved the most is instead of the like big, huge company that had this big, huge moment was that all organizations, you know, kind of all these ones that you've never even heard of have to be thinking about what their people think yeah, and what their people right. are saying and what their people are feeling. And as we talked about in the panel today about um, employee engagement, really not doing what I call giving employees voice and choice, you know, asking them, listening to them and acting, but actively doing that in a way where every couple of months you might have to be changing your policies and your approaches. And the fact that we're getting down to that level of where you know, 72% of all Americans who work in business work for small to mid-sized businesses. If we're getting to the level where people are working, not just the big brands, I've always been about that, Carol, you know, that the big brands get a lot of attention and we're not a huge brand. And guess what? A lot of people work for companies that aren't huge brands. And those, those companies are having to face the same issues and, you know, adapt to their people's needs and, um, I think that that's what's really driving a lot of change. And, and so your panel was great in terms of employee engagement. And I've been, I've been talking about employees at the center for decades. Yep. So um, are there a couple, you know, two or three suggestions for companies who are mid to smaller about how they can um, advance their employee engagement and support? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the number one thing is to actually ask your employees what they think and then to actually listen to what they say. And that seems like, well, of course we would if we asked them, but how many surveys have you done where people answer it and then no one listens? So listen to it and then make some changes based on that. And that can be changes in benefits. Um, I gave the, the simple example today that we decided during the pandemic that acts of service to other people or non-charitable organizations counted as service. Like, if you want to volunteer and you want to help your 90-year-old neighbor who's afraid to go to the grocery store and you're going to shop for that person, please go do that. Do what I call being an agent of good. It doesn't... You're not just an agent of good if you do something for a nonprofit. Of course, that also is wonderful. But during COVID, we couldn't do that. There were not a lot of opportunities for us to serve in the same way. So I think look for the little things. Ask your people. They'll give you great ideas. And... You know, be willing, as I shared, our CEO had this wonderful moment where he said, you know, I thought everybody needed to be in the office. And guess what? I was wrong. And we're going to go remote first. And hearing him say that and hearing him say, you know, I'm on this journey, too, and I'm learning all the time, too. I don't just know everything because I'm in this role is really a human moment where you realize we are all sitting there together in our socks, 
like right, right. you know <laughs> not without shoes on um, learning this thing together that, that's great yeah um, a journey of good. A journey of good. That's right. Good is for everyone. And I say that and people laugh at me. But when I like, well, of course it is. I'm like, but what I meant by that is good isn't just for nonprofits, although nonprofits are amazing. It's also for companies. Companies are a key part of doing good. And I know you know that more than anybody because you were like the first person out there talking about that. And good is also not just for the big companies. It's for the midsize and the small ones, too. And sometimes the resources that are out there talking about how companies can do good in the world aren't really engineered for those smaller guys and I think we should all be about it. So that sounds like a great opportunity for those listening to the show who may want to create uh, apps and technology and services for mid to small size companies. And as uh, Alan um, Murray, who's, who yep. I just love his new book, his Tomorrow's new book. Capitalist, yep. and as he said, we need to create human-centered organizations. Oh, yeah, yeah. So about in 2016, I actually did a TEDx talk. And I, of course, you know, when you do a talk like that, you're supposed to be provocative. And so my provocative title was the era of CSRs ending and why that's a good thing. And of course, I do CSR. So it was like, well, I'm saying my profession is going to end. And of course, what I meant is it's not ending, it's changing. And what I was arguing is that we should drop the C, we should drop the word corporate, and we should replace it with human. So it should be human social responsibility, because companies are made up of people. And I don't really use that phrase as much anymore. But it the, the idea is playing out in front of us that, you know, em- employees have more power, we have to think about their needs. We have to think about their mental health. We have to think about the situations they're in. And it's kind of logical, but for a while we weren't focusing in on that, I don't think. Well, well, thank you, Rachel. I'm going to always give you the last comment. So is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I, I said this earlier in the panel, but I fundamentally believe that relationships are everything. So wherever you are and however you do it, invest in human connection because I think it's the way it makes everything happen. Super. Thank you, Rachel Hutchinson. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. thank our listeners so much for listening to this uh, this little social experiment, per se. I wanted to share the excitement of everybody getting back together. I'm a big fan of CECP, Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. It was a fantastic meeting. Um, if your company is not part of CECP, please check them up online. Um, it's got, you know, dual membership for your CEO and this fabulous event that I talked about, the Board of Boards, where it's Chatham House rules and CEOs can really talk about purpose and how it's driving certain areas of their organization, challenges and such. It's a great organization. They have wonderful research, great people and wonderful, wonderful members. Thanks very much for listening. And if you have any suggestions, again, how I can have new guests on the show or I can add some new elements, just reach out to me. I'm Carol at carolconeonpurpose.com. Send me a note. Tell me how we can do better. I mean, this is a passion of my life. It's really helping to uplift purpose in all sorts of organizations. I want to help you, you know, do your job more strategically, gain more satisfaction, and let's truly help our companies and brands and organizations to grow while we have a huge impact on the environment and society. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.